And that's the idea of ministry quite often. You know, when you come here on Sundays and, and hear me blab up here, that's not to be the end of it. We're to take what we learn and we're to take it with us and we're to share those things with others. And, and that's what took place there in Asia. You're looking too far for that need you have inside. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast, and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. A couple of years ago, I, I looked at the books of the Bible that I hadn't taught yet here on a Sunday morning, and, and so I devised this plan of going through uh, the remainder of these books by going back and forth from the Old and New Testament. And that journey had, has brought us from uh, the minor prophets of Hosea and Joel and Amos, as we just finished out last week. We've done Galatians and uh, Ephesians from the epistles over the last couple of years. And now it's Philippians. I didn't mean for this introduction to take two weeks long, but I think you would rather me take two weeks than to spend an hour and a half doing the introduction. So we're going to break it in half. And just primarily, we'll be looking at verses 12 through 15 in Acts 16. But I'm going to have to, to give you an overview, I'm going to start us out in Acts 20, because we're looking at the church of Philippi. We know from the epistle of Philippians that we'll be going to, that this church was in Macedonia. It was the first work of the gospel that we know of through Scripture. They may have been some individuals, but nothing was recorded. We have, in Acts chapter 16, the gospel going to Europe for the first time, because when they sailed across over to Philippi, they were in southern Europe. So they moved from the area and region of Asia, Asia Minor, into southern Europe for the very first time. And it was here the gospel came to Europe, the European nations, here in Philippi, the very first place that the gospel was introduced in that world. And it's there in Philippi. It was a, a small town that was conquered by Philip the Great, or Philip of uh, Macedonia in 356 B.C. He built it up. He put a garrison there. After he conquered the city, they found some gold in a, a nearby, not too far away, so that gold, they had enough gold that supplied this guy for his military campaigns. And so it, it became a very important city in Macedonia. And it would stay that way until about the mid-150s when Caesar Augustus conquered the area with Rome. But still it was an important area. This, in our text, it tells us that 
uh, Philippi was a colony, and what that means is it's a Roman colony. It had the amphitheaters, the Roman baths, the Senate. It was a mini Rome, but it was also part of a highway that the Romans had built that went 696 miles along southern Europe that stretched from, here's the two seas, from the Adriatic to the Aegean Sea. And uh, there are Roman highways, parts of that still visible to the, this day. They're almost 20 feet wide. Uh, made with heavy stone and then dirt on top of it. But Philippi was part of that route. The route itself was called the Via Agnitia Road, so the road that stretched across there. So a significant place. It was part of the trade route. It was nearby a port city, only 10 miles inland. And so a very significant city of its day. Now, I wanted to back up to Acts 20, and, and just review, well, it's at, it begins in Acts 18, but review what took place on the third missionary journey, because we don't get a lot of detail about Philippi on the third missionary journey, but they are part of the story. And so I thought it was worth mentioning what happened on the third trip first, just to kind of get that one out of the way. And then we can concentrate on especially the conversion of Lydia uh, will be our goal for today. So on that third missionary journey, as well with the second missionary journey, Paul went out with Silas to visit the churches that they had previously founded. So on the second missionary journey, it was visiting the churches that he and Barnabas had planted initially to strengthen and encourage the churches. On the third missionary journey, there was this revisiting of all these churches also in Galatia and Phygera, um, and then over in Macedonia, in Greece, in southern Europe area there, just to revisit, to strengthen the churches. But also, on the second missionary journey, there was this desire to proclaim the gospel. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 18 that Paul twice, he wanted to go to different places. He wanted to go to Asia, but the Spirit would not allow him. He wanted to go to Bethany, but the Spirit would not allow it. And then there was this great Macedonian call that uh, came to the Lord, and, and it got him over to the area of Philippi. And so as they ministered in that region in the second missionary journey, they proclaimed the gospel. There was new churches added. But in the third missionary journey, it's really a visiting of all those churches that had been founded in the first and second missionary journeys. And it even says that they went in order. So there was, seemed to be this order that they went from one town to the next to strengthen and encourage the churches. As I mentioned Paul wanted to go to Asia on the second missionary journey, and the Spirit wouldn't allow it. But here on the third missionary journey, we learn in Acts chapter 19 that he proclaimed the gospel in Ephesus for two whole years. And at the end of that two-year stay, there was a riot that erupted. But there was also this that we learn about in Acts 19.10, that it tells us that after preaching and teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ for two years, that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jew and Greek. Paul wanted to go to Asia on the second missionary journey, and the Holy Spirit said, no, we're not going to do that now. In fact, I'm going to send you over to Macedonia. I'm going to send you to southern Europe. But what Paul didn't know on his third missionary journey, God would plant him in one place, and all he would do is teach and preach the gospel 
And from that, the people would hear the word of God and they would go out and share the message of the gospel until scripture tells us in Acts 19.10 that all of Asia heard about Jesus, both Jew and Greek. And so that's pretty effective preaching. And that's the idea of ministry quite often. You know, when you come here on Sundays and, and hear me blab up here, that's not to be the end of it. We're to take what we learn and we're to take it with us and we're to share those things with others. And, and that's what took place there in Asia. As I said, there was a riot. The guy's name was Demetrius. He was a silversmith. Through two years of teaching, Paul had convinced and persuaded a lot of people that worshiping false idols was a bad thing. And so the cells of false idols were going tanking until there was this huge riot over this that he had the people chanting, I believe it said for two hours, that, you know, great is Diana of Ephesus. But there was no grounds to their riot. It was dismissed. And it was after they dismissed on this third missionary journey that it tells us that he went to Macedonia and, again, strengthened and encouraged the churches there. Philippi is not mentioned, but it's one of the churches of Macedonia. Paul went down to... Uh, Athens and then Corinth, down in the what is Greece for us today. But he spent three months in Corinth. He, he intended to sail over to Syria from there. And he heard that someone had plotted against him. And they basically, when he was in the middle of the Mediterranean or uh, the Adriatic Sea, they were just going to grab Paul and pitch him over. And so Paul said, you know, I've, he already testified that he spent a day and a night in the sea. And he's thinking, I've been there, done that, don't want to do that again. So I'm going back by land. So after three months, he went back by land. And it's there that Philippi is mentioned in Acts chapter 20, verse 6, that it tells us that as he's making his way back by land, that they went up and there Philippi is mentioned. But we sailed from Philippi the day after unleavened bread. And in five days, we joined them at Troas, where we stayed for seven days. And it, it finishes out, ultimately, he would go to Jerusalem. He would be arrested there in Jerusalem, be imprisoned in Jerusalem for two years, uh, get shipped up, not in Jerusalem, but in Caesarea, as they ship him for his safety over to Caesarea. He's imprisoned there for two years until they send him up to Rome, where he remained a prisoner. And from there, we only have tradition of what took place uh, because the Bible closes with Paul, a prisoner in Rome. So that his third missionary journey, primarily to the church in Philippi at that time, it was to strengthen and encourage the churches there. But here in the second missionary journey, we have Paul and Barnabas. Initially, Paul saying to Barnabas in chapter 15, he's wanting to go revisit the cities that were there, that they had visited on their first missionary journey. And it tells us in Acts 15.36, after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let's now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. And Barnabas said, great, I'll go get John Mark. And Paul said, no, he's not going with us. He left the work the first time. And the Bible tells us that the contention between them was so heated that they separated. Barnabas took Mark and went to Cyprus, and Paul chose Silas and departed and went to the churches of Syria and went through Syria and Cilicia and strengthened the churches there. 
It was in Derby and Lystra that he heard about this young man named Timothy. And in chapter 16, it tells us in verse 2 that Timothy was well spoken of by the brethren who were at Lystra and Nicodium. And so Paul wanted him to go with him. And we know that uh, Paul would write two letters, two epistles to Timothy. And he would even say that he would compare Timothy as a son of his faith, that he wasn't his dad, but as far as spiritually is concerned, they developed this close bond. And Paul would one time say that there is no one who understands me basically than Timothy. And so there was this great bond that would take place. So Timothy joins the team on the second missionary journey. And they continue and deliver the information that was founded at the Jerusalem Council. If you remember, there was this debate about whether Gentiles needed to become Jews, convert to Judaism first before they could become a believer in Jesus Christ. And that debate was settled in Acts chapter 15. And they sent Paul and Silas and I believe Barnabas and Mark went out with letters from the church saying, you don't have to convert to Judaism. Just believe in Jesus. That will work for you. And so they went and delivered these letters. It tells that in verse 4. And then it also tells us that they strengthened the churches in verse 5, that they were strengthened in faith and they increased in numbers. For Paul just being there and presenting the word and teaching the word of God, not only did it strengthen the believers, but the numbers began to grow. We could say there was a mini revival taking place. And it's here in verse 6 of chapter 16 that he desired to go to Asia, but it tells us that they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit. And then Bethania, again, the Spirit did not allow them to go. And then he had this dream in verse 9 and 10. It tells us that he saw a man from Macedonia who pleaded with him saying, so in his dream and his vision, he saw this man saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, Paul seen the vision, they immediately, he says, immediately we went. And so here in Acts 16, um, we have Luke joining the team. He's part of the team here that we know he's on this trip also. We sought to go to Macedonia. They got to Macedonia. They landed at Neapolis, which was the port city. Ten miles inland was Philippi. And in verse 12, we pick up our story. And from there to Philippi, which is the foremost city of that part of Macedonia, a colony, as I said, it was a Roman colony, very significant city in that area. We were staying in that city for some days. Now, it was Paul's custom when he went on these missionary journeys, he would find a synagogue or go to a church on the Sabbath day. He'd find the believers and go and worship. Scripture tells us that on this particular Sabbath day, that he went down by the river and worshiped with the believers there. Now, we notice some things about this when he goes down by the river, and, and that is told us in verse 13, that on the Sabbath day, we went out of the city to the riverside where prayer was customarily made, and we sat down and spoke to the women who met there. And so this was the custom after the diaspora when Israel was put into captivity, whether the 10 northern tribes or the southern tribe of Judah, especially when Judah went to Babylon. We read about the believers worshiping by a river. They had no temple to worship at. 
And so without the temple, now the temple is destroyed. Believers would gather by a river on the Sabbath to worship. So this was their custom. We also know historically that a synagogue was only constructed if there was 10 Jewish men in a community that got together and say, hey, we should have a synagogue. And they would get together and and build a synagogue, but only if there was 10 Jewish men. Now we notice that there was no synagogue mentioned here. It was Paul's custom always to go to the synagogue and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ first to the Jews. But we have no Jews even being mentioned here. In fact, we have no men being mentioned in this text. So just deducing what's going on here is that the impact of the Jewish people in that community was slim to none at best. We don't read any of them uh, being here except for Paul and his team that came to minister the gospel of Christ. There's no synagogue. They're meeting by the riverside. Prayer was customary there, but there was no men. And so Paul and Silas and Timothy and Luke, and if there was others, we at least know those four were with him. They sat down and they spoke to the women who met there. You know, Paul could have said that if there's no guys here, let's go find the guys. But he preached the gospel to the ladies who were present. And that was enough to get the ball rolling, which should say, as far as the presentation of Christ and presenting the gospel there in that community. And I think when God gives us opportunity, no matter if it's not quite what we had expected, we should still go for it and present the gospel message. I remember years ago when I was in the Christian band, we went over to Indiana and Michigan to play at a coffee house and at a church. And so the first night was at the coffee house over in Michigan, and, and we learned from the guy, and, and he basically said, I'm so sorry because we found out that when we booked you guys that this was also um, either homecoming or prom weekend. Basically, we're going to have no youth show up at this event. And that's what they were targeting. They just didn't check the high school before they planned And we had three people show up that night. Now, three people sometimes, and we had, our cabinet stack was 12 feet tall. We had like $50,000 worth of sound equipment. And we could rattle a place. Just the bass speaker alone was five feet tall. And then we'd stack on top of that. And so we had a lot of power. And Well, at times, we did get kicked out of a few churches. So maybe we went overboard at times. But... I'm saying all this to say simply this. There was three who showed up, and we ministered to the three that came. You never know what God's going to do with the one individual. You never know what God's going to do with the three, or maybe the 50, or maybe the 100. But we shouldn't just, like, forget it, you know. They didn't show up and, and, and just have this attitude, I'm not even going to try. But be faithful to minister to whom God gives you. That's kind of been a Calvary Chapel deal for a long time. And it's not just Calvary Chapel, many churches, but a lot of the uh, Calvary pastors began in home fellowships. And, and you would hear this of it, if there's even one who shows up, I'll keep going and I'll keep teaching and I'll keep proclaiming the word of God. And so they could have just went somewhere else, but they went to worship. They sat down, they spoke to the women. And we know by the outcome of this message that they preached Jesus Christ. They presented the gospel to these women who were there by the riverside. Now we get a little more information about this 
particular woman. Her name was Lydia, and she was from Thyatira, which is in modern Turkey today, and it doesn't exist today. It's just in ruins today. It was never a large city, but they did have industry there, and they even know historically that there was uh, dye vats that they would uh, make these things. So it all connects that she was a seller of purple, uh, obtaining these materials that was from her hometown as the sense. But she's there in Philippi either visiting and selling her wares to the community there, or she had relocated there and was just, that's where she worked from. We're not sure exactly the whole outcome, but she had a place, she had a home that she would eventually invite Paul and his team to come and stay with her. If it wasn't for Jesus addressing this city in the book of Revelation, we'd probably know nothing more about the city itself. But when Jesus wrote through the Apostle John to the seven churches of um, Europe and Asia there, Thyatira was one of those cities. And that story is found in Revelation chapter 2, verses 18 through 29. Now, Jesus warned the church there, and he condemned a woman that he called Jezebel, who basically taught the believers to conform to the paganistic and sexually immoral society that they lived in. Just conform to it. You don't have to be different. You don't have to uh, follow God's rules. It's okay. He loves you. Just conform and everything will be all right. It's kind of a similar message that our world is teaching us today. You know, don't have no absolutes. Don't have right and wrong. Just let live and let live. Let everything be. And so a very similar message, but that's not the message that Jesus uh, spoke to the church of Thyatira. The, you know, it could be that Lydia went to her hometown and and through her household that was saved, that the proclamation of the gospel went out and a church was planted. We don't know the history of the plant of the church. Only through uh, tradition can we get any information on that. But we do know that the church was there. And by the time Jesus sent word to them, the church was already in trouble. But it wasn't the whole church. Because he closes his word to Thyatira saying this. In Revelation chapter 2, he closes by saying, Now I say to you, to the rest in Thyatira, as many as do not have the doctrine, this doctrine, he says, but the doctrine of Jezebel, who have not known the depths of Satan, I say, I will put no other burden on you, but hold fast what you have till I come. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end to him, I will give power over the nations. He shall rule over them with a rod of iron and shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessels. As I also have received from my Father, I will also give them the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So to the church that was not caught up into this doctrine of Jezebel, Jesus said, hold fast. And may I encourage us to not get caught up into the different teachings, the doctrine of the world that we live in today, but that we would hold fast to the foundational truths of the Word of God. To those who hold fast, it's those who overcome. And to those who overcome, the Lord said, I'll make you rulers in the kingdom to come, but I will give you the morning star. Now, I don't know what that will be like, but if the Lord wants to hand me the morning star, I'll receive it from him. 
not quite sure what he's describing there other than that he is described as the morning star in Revelation chapter 1. And so there is this connection with Jesus himself in Revelation chapter 1. And so that's a little history on Thyatira, a little history of Lydia selling her wares there in Philippi. If I can leave you with anything today, first of all, may I just encourage you, if you would classify yourself more as a God-fearer than a believer of Jesus Christ, perhaps the Lord is calling you to know Jesus today. If you fear God but have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then your belief is incomplete, and it must be completed through faith in Jesus Christ, who died for our sins according to the Scripture, who was buried and rose again according to the Scripture. I don't want to ever not leave with a salvation appeal. That is the first step for each of us. Without it, you are not a believer in Jesus. But if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, may I encourage you to have the heart of Lydia, to have the heart of the Philippian jailer, to have that heart of service. For in doing so, we share the love of Christ to the lost and dying world that's around us. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for your work in our midst. And we pray that you'd bless this church and our fellowship together. In Jesus' name, amen. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today. And may the Lord richly bless you as you worship him today.